That's a beautiful sound there, JP. We are back in uh, the psychedelic basement. You are making a mess with beer. Every time you open a beer in your basement, sir, Dude. you make a mess of beer. Dude, what are you this doing? thing, this is the same one okay. where I shotgunned half the can last time. <laughs> well, you only had to do it for, uh, well, it lost about an ounce, not uh, six ounces, so that's nice. But yeah, we're back in uh, JP's basement. It is the psychedelic basement. I know you guys uh, can't see this. One of these days, we'll actually start doing video. Once we decide, we actually want you guys to see our faces. But uh, you've got some some fun mood lighting going on here, dude. Dude, it's just one of those little galaxy things. I had yeah. to check it out and see what they're about. Yeah, we got some green dots. We got some blue lights, and uh, you know what? It's it's good. It's good mood lighting to talk about uh, the galaxy brain future of the NFL because you know it's a college football day, so it's only right that we talk about college football players that are going to be professionals next year. It is that time. I mean, I, th I feel like everybody's done one this week, so we just kind of we're a little bit later than everybody else, but we're probably better than everybody else, so it's okay. Ooh, uh, it singers. Is, it is time for our next mock draft, and again, this is the second one we've done this season. We're going to do one. Uh, I think we're probably going to try to do one every three weeks going forward, something like that, and try to catch roughly uh, five throughout the course of the season, but uh, we're playing a little catch-up right now. But again... The way we've done this in the past, JP, we do our mock draft. We do uh, kind of how we think it's going to happen based off of the order right now in Tankathon. We sort of tweaked mm -hmm. it a bit this time. We decided we'd let trades happen, not crazy, outlandish, well, wild trades. On that note, though, didn't we decide that we're pretty much always going to do trades? Because like, yeah. my rationale for that is, is there's never been a draft without trades. Exactly, so. yeah. So we're again. We're, we're here's the thing. Uh, yeah, some people can say, "Oh, well, you're projecting the wrong trades." It's like, okay, but if we're projecting players when there's not trades, you know, yeah, it's wrong good luck yourself. calling trades. All of this is just you know a, a lesson in uh, hilariousness and trying to figure out what's not going to happen. So, cheers, sir, to starting this one off. And you can tell everybody what it is we're drinking right now that you spilled again. I did it again. Mm -mm. Oh, you meant like just okay? The, we like, I thought I did it mm. again. Uh, we are drinking something I've already reviewed, so you can review it mm -hmm. later, but I had one of these Stellar Owls, the American India Pale Ale that was in that Happy Holidays Shorts variety pack. Mm -hmm. So, all right, well, I'll just figure I'd let you give it a go. And give see a take think. a little later on in the show for that one, but uh, already, yeah, I'll keep coming back to it. Nothing, worried, nothing wrong about that. But so, the way that the Tankathon board was set up and who's where, last time we did it, Chicago had the first two picks. Well, this time they've got the second and third pick, which means... The first pick is Arizona, and we or didn't like it? that idea. Or is it? <laughs> exactly. Go ahead and talk about what you decided was the right thing for us to do with Arizona. Well, I mean, I'm just going off from the assumption that they're still kind of all in on Kyler Murray. Well, they're financially all in on Kyler Murray. Right. So, so they're, they feel like they're, they're – they're, he's a good player, too, when he's healthy. He right. plays very well. So I don't know. I, I don't see any reason for them to stay there. Mm -hmm. And make a pick if Kyler Murray is the guy. Right. So you trade and you get as many picks as you can. Now, the tricky thing there was is figured they weren't going to go out of the top 10 for sure. Definitely mm -hmm. try to stick in the top five ish range. So we kind of identified as the most likely candidate to trade up is Green Bay, which is just disgusting. Yes. Well, for us to think about. Yeah. It's all good though. And then not <laughs> only that. Mm hmm. We decided to go back to our original rankings, and we have Drake May as QB1. So we have Green mm -hmm. Bay trading up to take Drake May. 
How painful is that? It's super painful because I really <laughs> like. Well, I mean, it'd be painful yeah. even if it was Caleb Williams. They're both going to be great. So it gets worse when we get to two. Go ahead, that's your team. <laughs> well, that's by the way, way, let me say, this is the worst mock draft we've ever done. I'm angry about this right now. <laughs> so again, you and I, we go through and we do this ahead of time. Sometimes we've done things in the past where we haven't uh, said what's happening next. We we do know what's happening next, and I can tell you this: as JP and I were texting back and forth and planning this out. He complained so much about how the, the first, I gave like, my ten two picks happened. rival teams just just stacked the top four. The it, whole top four picks are Detroit tough. Lions rivals. It's tough. And for they're you. all yeah. well. Hang on, don't don't start getting too far ahead of ourselves. All right. So at two, Chicago's still sitting there. You know what? Drake May's gone. We had Chicago taking Caleb Williams about a month ago. They're going to take Caleb Williams again in this point because let's be honest, Justin Fields. If you have a choice between Caleb Williams and Justin Fields. They're both mobile guys. They can both run around, but Caleb Williams just looks like a better passer. And because yeah. Chicago hasn't extended fields yet, unlike Arizona, who's got... They, they have almost $100 million in dead cap if they were to, to move on from Murray after this season, so they're not moving on from Colin Murray. No. Even if they traded him, I think they'd have a huge trade cap. Yep. I don't remember what exactly what the dead money would be on that, but it's a lot. And so when you factor all those pieces together, it's just not tenable for them. But Chicago... Easily could move on from Fields. They slot Caleb Williams in there at two. At three, well, Still we, your team. We, were on, we were on the fence of what to do here. I know it's my team, so I'm, I'm going to take the blame for making the call here. But it was either quarterback or we did quarterback. This is, so I don't know if you said at the beginning of the mm-hmm. show, but, like, I think we're kind of done. We're always going to do trades, and we're yeah. kind of done with say, saying, hey, this is only what we would do. It's always going to be a blend of like what we think they should do slash right. what they might do. And again, while we would obviously take an offensive tackle here, mm-hmm. the reason they why would clearly would not. They if would it's not. a no-brainer, they're not going to do it. Right. And so we're not going to just completely throw the board off. We'll do one of those towards uh, the actual draft where we just like this is what we would do, you know, separate from what we think is going to happen. But for Chicago, the other reason why at one well, and again, remember, we started doing this before Chicago traded away their second-round draft pick. So mm-hmm. the thought was they could grab a tackle at the top of the second round with the deep tackle class we think we're seeing. But since they just put uh, a second-rounder and $98 million into Montez Sweat, they're probably not grabbing a tackle in the second round. So they'll have to look to the third round potentially for that. But we give Marvin Harrison Jr. because the gap between him and the rest of the receivers in this class is pretty sizable. And the gap between him and the rest of the receivers in that team outside of maybe uh, DJ Chark is uh, – or sorry – no, not Shark. Who'd they grab? Moore. Moore, thank you. And here's to DJ. DJ Moore. Besides the besides DJ Moore, the rest of that roster is pretty rough when it comes to wide receivers. So Marvin Harrison Jr. and Caleb Williams both go to Chicago, and uh, I don't think Bears fans would be too upset about that if that happens. So next no, up. No, you got you to gotta be pretty stoked to get arguably the number one quarterback in the draft at two and then give them arguably the best overall player in the draft mm-hmm. that also is like a safety that, right. <laughs> it's almost, it's for that, that quarterback you yeah. just picked up. Yeah, it's almost like uh, maybe that's why Sweat decided to, to show up for the money and stay in Chicago because he sees that they got a couple picks. Maybe that's a good thing. So the Giants are number four on the board, and you and I both looked at them, they being your team. But clearly you look at them because you really want them. Yeah, no, I want them to go away. I want you to stop talking about them like they're my team. At any hey. rate, we're, we're not doing that. Hey, side story, though, is really funny. I played yeah. a, I played an yeah. awesome joke on Dan. You jerk. We were debating on who, when we did this off mm-hmm. the air, like, I'm like, eh, I don't know, what do you think they should do? And you gave me your thoughts. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, it's your team. You go ahead and make the call. And you were going for it. You I, fell uh, for it. I know I did because you 
he pounded my head with that. It's like you tell someone a lie enough times, they're going to believe you. You're gaslighting oh, me man. about football teams. All right, so we decided, though, the Giants, with what they have versus what was there on the board, it didn't make sense for them to make a pick there. So we made a trade. We did indeed, and we went right back to the same division, like I already said. <laughs> At Minnesota moving up and doing what a lot of people think might be a surprise here, but um, I just think it's factual. Everybody's saying it now, too. I mean, we said it the whole time, but mm -hmm. J.J. McCarthy is learning from Harbaugh, who's played quarterback. Right. He's in a pro-style offense. He's very efficient. Accuracy the NFL's the just going to be high on this guy. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think he can move and he's accurate. So. Yeah. So I, I just think the NFL is going to be really high on him. And, uh, well, the thing is, is Kirk Cousins is, what, 36? He will be by the time next season rolls around, yeah. And he tore the Achilles. Mm -hmm. I'm not – put it this way. I don't know that he's coming back, period. I think he's coming back. And there is talk – well, only because – But dudes, even if he does come back – there's talk about them they? wanting him back in Minnesota because of how great he is in the locker room and everybody loves him kind of a thing. But this is a business mm -hmm. decision. And yeah. do you want a guy who's 36 on a rehabbed mm. Achilles? And you don't, not long-term at least. And that's the thing. I think the reason why this is going to happen this way is he's 36 and you're, are you going to give him three years? Are you going to give him a three-year deal right now? Well, and also, they, they never got it done with Kirk Cousins. Well, how are right. they going to get it done with 36-year-old repaired Achilles tendon Kirk Cousins. Mm -hmm. You can't waste Justin Jefferson. You right. can't. You mm -hmm. can't waste those years of when he's just arguably the best wide receiver right. in the entire NFL. So go grab a quarterback mm -hmm. now. Plus, doesn't J.J. McCarthy seem like the evolutionary Fran Tarkenton? Like a guy who can run and pass and just seem like yeah. the kind of guy who's the type of competitor they want in Minnesota? Yeah, I yeah. How much are you loving the first four picks of this draft? Uh, well, I despise it. That's why I said it's the worst <laughs> draft we've ever done. It's it's kind of terrifying. But let's let's cheer you up because New England Patriots are picking fifth because they're a dumpster hey, fire. Hey, and this year. is the quickest pick ever. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, I I poked around after we did our mock mm -hmm. draft to see what everybody's given New England. It's actually what we did originally. Hmm? But this player wasn't on the board. Right. But like, I feel like everyone's blanket giving them Brock Bowers. Sure. Uh, no. This team's terrible. I keep saying it. Like, Christian Gonzalez was, like, their only building block, and he's hurt. Right. So, I just I don't, I just don't see it. you got to start from the inside out, build this thing through the trenches. They can't draft skill positions in the first round anyways. Also true. Joe Alt here could be Olu Fashanu, but we've, this is where we do the blend of mm -hmm. what we would do versus what we think is going to happen. But I also feel like in the NFL – you know, I say the NFL will be higher on J.J. McCarthy. Mm -hmm. I feel like the NFL is going to be higher on Alt than Olu just because Alt, the pedigree. Sure. His dad was a great tackle. Yeah. And, and I feel like there's you're splitting hairs between those two guys right now. We'll see what comes out by the end of the season. Point yeah, is, the, like the only benefit to Olu is he's just quicker. So if somebody right. gets outside of him, he could catch up with them. But no Alt's like six, six, eight. He's just going to reach out his giant pterodactyl wing and just <laughs> shove him. I mean, mm -hmm. he doesn't have to be as quick with as long as he is. Right, I mean, exactly. I, So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think Joe Alt. Mm -hmm. And which which is, makes sense. One of the tackles is going there regardless. And then the next pick is where Arizona, who traded back from Green Bay. And, again, we aren't projecting what the trade compensation would be for these. We're not going to go that deep into the weeds with it. Uh, you figure, I don't know, for, for moving back five, six spots, if it would be a first-rounder, if it would be like a second and a third or something like that, but that's not what we're trying to do here. What we are saying is Arizona's going to pick there, and while they need help across the board, they need to keep Kyler Murray upright, and they just grabbed Paris Johnson last year. 
they grab Olu this year, you've got your two tackles set for the next mm -hmm. decade if you pay them. So Olu Fashanu, uh, the other tackle, if you will, or the top tackle, depending on, on your opinion on him, goes in that spot and is a good fit for him. Not only the top tackle, here's a fun little exercise. If Arizona stayed at one mm -hmm. in real life, not what we would do, because right. we know what we would do, but in real life, don't you feel like as tempting as it would be to take Marvin Harrison Jr. if they stayed at one mm -hmm. and didn't trade the pick, wouldn't it just be Olu? You'd think that. I mean, so it, they're getting the same guy, right, at six that they would have just taken at one. Mm -hmm. So yeah, well, we don't like how this draft is going for certain rivals of the Lions. Uh, Arizona's ecstatic right now. Yeah, <laughs> they'll take it. Yeah, this is going great. Arizona would be ecstatic even if they got Joe Alter too. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't care. Well, right now, picking seven is Indianapolis, and uh, that's my team. And we were looking up and down their roster, and one gaping hole that it feels like they have, no offense to the guys playing that position, is tight end. And there happens to be one of the most amazing generational tight end prospects in the history of ever on the board at that point. So Brock Bowers is going from Georgia to Tennessee, and now the uh, the rivals there with uh, Richardson and uh, thought, Bowers can I, have their I back and we're forth on in the Indian, cocktail party. Indianapolis there. Yeah, Indianapolis, you know what I meant. Colts. Well, you said Tennessee. Right, well, they need help too at tight end. Uh, but yeah, Indianapolis, sorry, it's going to the Colts. <laughs> Brock Bowers going from Georgia to Indiana, and now again, but him and Richardson. I was too excited to have the cocktail party back and forth between Florida and mm. Georgia and all the little bets they can make over the course of the next few years. But let's be honest, when Richardson comes back next year, he will be ecstatic to have Brock Bowers to throw the ball to. You talk about the, the best safety net in the history of, of – we've seen in a long time. I'm going to say history of football, but in a long Dude, he, time. I haven't officially gone through, like, and figured out where he stacks against other tight ends. But, dude, he might be my number one tight end prospect that I've ever done sure. since I've been watching these. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. And, again, Brock Bowers, the kind of guy that Indianapolis needs in that spot to move that offense forward. Next up, your Raiders. I joke about I mm -hmm. hate the draft because we're giving the rivals of the Lions all these picks. But this is the one pick that I hate more than anything in here. <laughs> I, ha I genuinely have no idea what they would do like this is i'm trying to do what they would do here for mm -hmm. some reason I, this is not well, they're changing probably what i would do but the more i sit and think about it and actually joked around just talking with people about it like yeah if they went that route that's the guy i would see them taking and it just kind of makes sense i guess i don't know i give the raiders to Dewar sanders sure i mean part of the reason why i went quarterback here is pretty obvious they need a quarterback mm -hmm. um unless aiden o'connell they didn't crazy. trade devonta adams mm-hmm uh, he's not getting any younger, and he's you. still arguably one of the top five wide receivers mm -hmm. in the entire league. So you kind of got to feed him the ball somehow right. if you want to keep him happy. I don't know. Maybe they come out with, like, the Justin Fields if, you know, the Bears are moving on somehow. Maybe that's a thing. I don't know. But I think he'd be more annoyed. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but long story short, I gave him Shadur Sanders here. If you're going to try to make Devonta Adams happy, I just feel like for some reason that would make him happy. Sure. And something just seems, I don't know why, something seems right about putting a Sanders in Vegas. He'd look good. He'd look good in the silver black, the, yeah. no doubt. And you know Dad would be happy about that. I think so, too. So, I, I don't know. Be a good look. I, it, it's not a bad fit. I just, I don't I don't know that, A, he's coming out yet. Right. B, I don't know if he's going that high yet? I don't know. 
Well, for again, now, it is what it is. Right, you know we're, we're putting him there because we saw the potential there and because more and more people are talking about him coming out. So I know we talked the last so a month ago. We were basically saying, yeah, we know people are talking about him. We don't think he's coming out. Dad was saying he's going to stay. Now it seems like the, there's more of the needle moving the other way. And again, a lot of that's going to depend on how Colorado finishes out the season because they're sitting at four and four right now, and they don't have a whole lot of wins left on their schedule. So if he's four and eight or whatever, if they stumble to the finish line, he might stay for another year just to try to you know boost the draft status. But he also could be content about going later in the first round potentially. Denver Broncos are up next, somehow picking higher than they're lower than they picked last time, even with the dumpster fire they got there. Yep, I definitely got them going with a big need here of edge rusher. Uh, this is definitely more along the lines of what I would do. I feel like when right if the draft were today, it seems like most people are leaning Liatu Latu. Sure. Is the top edge rusher. Um I'm still eating crow from like early in the season when I was dogging on him. The guy's been on fire lately. I'm going Dallas Turner. Mm-hmm. Um I think that'd be a great fit. It's it's right. definitely addressing one of their Clearly biggest needs. Zalo likes yeah, Dallas Turner. Huskies are a fan of that pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Dallas Turner, edge rusher one on my board coming off the Denver. Sure. And, again, uh, when you look at that team, they've traded away some good edge rushers in the last couple of years. Yep. And so them putting themselves in that position, I love how your dog basically said to lay all the way out here. Just had to make sure we heard every little – nope, and, again, every little piece of that yep. just to get yourself comfortable. But, yeah, when you look at uh, the players that they – the areas that they need – Definitely to push forward. That's a huge one. And I still like Latu Latu, but I, we also talked about the fact that he's a couple years older than Dallas Turner. And when you're talking about long term for the NFL, you want a guy who's one going to have more potential to tap into that talent, which Dallas Turner hypothetically would have being younger. And two, how long are you going to keep a guy around for? I mean, you, you might get two contracts on a Latu, but that's about it. So. And I, I always say this though. I mean, if if you're talking about two players and there's even a debate about which one's better mm -hmm. it's obviously close right sure and then if one's two two and a half years younger than the other one just go with the young guy because two and a half years down the road with all the coaching and training in the nfl you got to think by the time he's the age of the other one he would be clearly better right right i don't know that's my rationale sure and that makes obviously makes life interesting because you're trying to to parse through a guy who doesn't have the or has a ceiling that he could get to but is he going to get there and that's always the fun part about trying to project these guys which is literally what we do all the time throughout all of this so dallas turner going to uh to denver, denver. sorry i'm getting myself off i thought you were going to say tennessee break. again tennessee's no. always on the clock they're, they're coming later they're coming later rams are up rams are up and they're already at the podium stoked in my mind i don't care i'm pounding the table for this guy he's definitely my tackle three they definitely need some more line to lease Fuaga. Mm -hmm. I dude, I, I'm like, some people might say that this could be high for him, but dude, like at the end of the day, like if this didn't, this class didn't have superstar tackles like Alt and Olu, mm -hmm. I could see he's easily going this high no matter what. Sure. The only reason anybody's even batting an eye at this pick there is because it's the third tackle and we're on like pick 10. Well, hey, but again. But that's happened a lot. Like, mm -hmm. I, wasn't the draft where I was super mad when we got Ziggy? Wasn't the f four of the first five picks O tackles? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, that was when you had like Lane Johnson and Eric Fisher and. Um, I forget who else was in there, but you get it. I mm -hmm. think there was like four that year. But anyway, 
getting way, way <laughs> off track here. Uh, I'm just stoked. Talis Fuaga there. Let's go. Great mm-hmm. pick for the Rams. So there is a two-year difference, by the way, between uh, Turner and Latu. Or oh, roughly. you're still back there. I'm just trying oh, to point okay. out, Latu's only 22. So he's not as old as you think he is. He's just been around forever. Yeah, but is he turn 23 tomorrow? No, maybe not. We'll see. Next up for the Washington Commanders, or whatever we're going to end up calling them at some point. Uh, she clearly was only here for your take on Dallas Turner and, and Fuaga. She yep. doesn't care anymore. Your dog just took off. <laughs> but uh, Washington needs help all over the place. And one of the spots where they definitely could use some assistance. Look, I know that Sam Howell's been holding on to the ball a little too long, and that's part of the reason why he's been getting sacked so much. But the other reason why he's been getting sacked so much is that offensive line needs help. Well, they're about to break the record. Yeah. For most sacks which, which I'm sure Derek Carr is happy about, so he's not to listen to it anymore mm-hmm. about his brother and all that stuff. But uh, Amarius Mims is the pick, who, for those of you who haven't been paying too close attention to this season, he's been out for a good chunk of time with an injury, but he's supposed to come back before the end of the season, and he's shown a lot of skill and ability. And one of the, the more solid, true you know, left tackles, there's thoughts if he was healthy the whole season, he could be the tackle one right up there with... For uh, whatever little, reason, though, oh. I feel like he's still gonna, only going to be a right tackle despite being athletic, and I can't really explain why. Sure. I know and, that doesn't help. And I think well, Washington's in a fun spot, too, because when you look at that team and what they currently have at tackle, I mean, Charles Leno Jr. and Andrew Wiley, they brought Wiley in to be their right tackle. So there's thoughts of, do you move him over, uh, who are you going to push around? But if you look at that line, it needs help in different spots, and I think getting him in there, getting a guy – in that can challenge them and potentially give them a future, Amarius Mims would be the guy. And I also feel like Mims, I, I, I'll have to check again, but I think he played some guard too if they needed him to start out there and then move around. But that's the thing. It's like they need help in the offensive line, so Amarius Mims is the guy that I would be picking for them in that spot. You're up again, dude. Nah, I know. I wanted to check Mims, but I'll deal with that later. Uh, next up is Arizona, the second Arizona pick. So this is the one uh, that they technically – have from the trade that they made uh, a while uh, last year was it last year yeah yeah uh, and so that was the the move that, that they did from Houston for uh, when Houston jumped up to get uh, Will Anderson Jr. And the funny thing is I got him taking an edge rusher that's not as good as Will Anderson Jr. Nope definitely not <laughs> sorry about that uh, this is kind of how it works out but this is where Latu goes so again Latu Latu who uh, physically is like he's six five two sixty five. He's the he's the prototypical sized four three edge rusher type guy, and he's had a very good season so far. He's put up a lot of numbers. Now he is again twenty two, like you talked about. You think he's thirty two or whatever. But uh, so the question is, what is the rest of his ceiling? I think he's still got a few years to be able to build into that, and he is definitely. If he's not the best edge rusher, he's the second best edge rusher because right now. Those are kind of our two guys, and then everybody else, with the way they're playing this season, are kind of a tier below. So Latu goes there to Arizona because they need help all across the board, and the pass rush is definitely an area where looking at who's on the board right now kind of makes the most sense for them to make that move. What's Tampa up to? Uh, Tampa was an interesting debate um, because Baker's actually playing pretty well there, but he's not Mm -hmm. under contract, and I'm not going to try to project that they're going to (laughs) bring a free agent in because if we start doing that, then – Good luck. We could have all kinds of crazy stuff going on with every team. Right. So my assumption is they don't have a quarterback. Sure. So you think now maybe that clears things up. Well, no, because I'm still super <laughs> torn mm-hmm. uh, with Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. Right. I think Penix is actually an, a Florida native too. Hmm. All right. So maybe he'd be staying home. Maybe Now I'm thinking I should have gone Penix. <laughs> Ultimately, <laughs> when we did this, I went Bo Nix. For sure. some reason, I just thought they might – 
go with the a little bit younger guy right. uh, who's got some mobility and just give you, gives you some different things. Mm-hmm. I mean, Baker's probably got about the same amount of mobility, you know, and it seems to be working, and I don't think it would be a huge change in the offense. Right. Similar well, and when you, look at, when you look at Knicks and you look at Penix, one of the two hasn't been injured. So Facts. That Penix was out for a chunk of time a couple times. And so when you when you factor that into it as well, and again, durability is a question mark. There are people who are talking about Matthew Stafford being fragile because he had one shoulder injury his rookie year, you know, and then sent in the rest of his career up until you know this past season he was pretty much healthy. So it's it's a bit of a thing to factor in. But again, at the end of the day, looking at it, Bo Nix probably has a slightly higher uh, floor to him, I guess, than Michael Penix. I don't know or ceiling. Point is, I can see where Bo Nix is just a tiny bit more appealing, especially in the system they run there in Tampa Bay. Going to the other side of the country, though, the Chargers, who are not in the market for a quarterback, they might have wanted one of those edge rushers potentially, but they also need help on the inside of the defensive line. This is where our first tackle comes off the board, and there's been some debate as to who that is. You've kind of gone back and forth and settled back on this This guy This guy's my number one. Jerzon Newton, who is a lot of people's number one coming into the season, and then they sort of waffled around and started looking for other people like you tend to do when you're doing these rankings. But uh, we've kind of come back to it as well. And Newton is in the mold of the Aaron Donald-esque, slightly smaller, not that saying he's Aaron Donald, but slightly smaller defensive tackle. So he's not a 330-pound you know, beast of a man who's just sucking up blocks. He's a little under 300 and going to be the kind of guy who's going to be trying to knife in there and get penetration and create some havoc in the inside of the defensive line. He's also been solid on getting tackles. A lot of these interior guys don't always put up tackle numbers, but Newton has so far on a pretty average Illinois team. So he's a guy that can really shore up some of that interior defense for the Chargers. Speaking of going back, though, I'm going to go back to this edge rusher, okay. edge rusher uh, age debate, if you mm-hmm. will. So Dallas Turner is 20.75 years old. Okay. Leatu Latu is 22.84 years old. Okay, so two Just years. Just call it two years. Two years. He's two full years mm-hmm. older. Sure. And they're close as far as prospects to me, so I'm going to take but the two years of extra development. Here's the question, though. If you are one of those two guys and you're staring down Denver or Arizona, which would you prefer to go to? Uh me, hundred times out of a hundred times, I'm going Denver because it's not as hot there. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm saying as far as like the program where where they're at and who's doing what, and where the the two franchises are heading. Still going Denver. Okay, I was about to say because I, we, I like we I both like Sean know, Payton. We both know we'd rather be in the mountains than the desert. That's just you mm-hmm. and me, though. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I do like Sean Payton too. Uh, I just wasn't sure what your opinion was on, on the situation, given the fact that you have a quarterback in Kyler Murray that looks like he's trending upward, and a quarterback in you know Russell Wilson that forgot how to cook. So, you know, it's a different situation. Okay, now it's Tennessee's turn to be on the clock. Tennessee is finally on the clock, and they've already left the podium because they went up there so damn quick to select Roma Dunes. It wasn't even funny. (laughs) And I just. He could have gone a few times. Let's talk. Yeah, he could have gone. Yeah. And he probably will, let's be honest. You and I build through the trenches a little bit more. No, but he could go in this range because uh, Mm -hmm. he's definitely my wide receiver, too, but a lot of people have. You know, neighbors and even Coltman above him. Sure. So he could easily go on this range or even later. But mm-hmm. um, he could also go way higher. That's going to be the fun thing about the wide receivers in this draft. Right. But long story short, I don't care. You know that I, I we already talked about in the past episodes. Like, I just felt like the chip that Will Levis has got is just mm-hmm. going to carry him a little ways. He struggled a little bit this past week compared to well, game one, obviously. They were blitzing but that was, the crap out of him. No, it had nothing to do with the blitz. It had everything to do with the uniforms. Fair. 
<laughs> yeah, admittedly, I mean, he, he wasn't feeling quite as confident not wearing the powder blues. But with Roma Dunsey just being a bigger type wide receiver, I mean, even though, like, Hopkins isn't, like, the biggest guy, he plays pretty big, but, yeah. like, I don't know. Either way, it doesn't even matter the style of play, to be honest with you. Just to put him in there and have Hopkins be the mentor for this guy and then mm-hmm. give Levis some more tools, I just love it. Yeah. It might – this could be, like, my favorite pick that we I've – and either one of us have made so far, mm-hmm. as far as teams and fit and how like perfect it goes. Sure, a Dunsey to the Oilers. Yeah, if, if Will <laughs> Levis continues on the tear that he's been on, and Robodunze walks in there, and Hopkins is like, all of a sudden, this Tennessee offense goes from boring and mundane to pretty exciting pretty quick. Yeah, well, maybe maybe that Henry whole division around, could be because but... Jacksonville's figuring everything out, mm-hmm. and if Richardson's. Finds a way to stay healthy and on the field, and Stroud keeps well. going. Like yeah. this, suddenly could be like an exciting division this is a in division, general. This is probably the second worst yes. division in a lot of people's minds. Next, the two ago, Souths. Yeah. The two Souths are the the two kind of dumpster fire divisions right now. I think I've said that word like three times today, but it's been my word to go to it's dumpster more fire. Of a phrase, phrase than a word. Well, I'll put it together. Not if you bundle it. But, ah, don't start shaking. You got to get a beer. Uh, but it is that time. I, I'm gonna tip the, we're going to call the halftime break right now, which means I'm going to talk a little bit about this guy that we just had, which uh, is the Stellar Ale. And they've got the constellations on the can art. Always love the can art from Shorts. And here's what I can tell you. It had more hops than I was expecting it to off the back and, and holding, lingering back in the tongue, tongue, if you will. But it's good stuff. I mean, it's it's interesting. The the flavor profile that I was picking up, and and JP, you're, you're definitely going to be... You know, all those box noises will definitely be on yep. the microphone this time around, so don't worry about that, everybody. This is all raw. I forgot the right microphones, so we're using clip-on ones and uh, everything. We're sharing everything today. But at any rate, uh, but this one, dude, this, this Stellar, I think the, the the biggest thing that caught me off guard outside of how, how hoppy it was in the front end was... The fact it, that it explodes it, every time that, you open sure. it. There's also that, so be careful if you do get a Stellar Ale that it might explode it's on a, you. It's a bomb but, in a uh, can. But yeah, so we... It's a bomb in an airplane. Yeah, you got to use it. Oh, don't do that. What if I were a bombardier? Bomb, bomb, wow. bomb, 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 What? You've never seen Meet the Parents? It's been a long time, dude. It's been a long time. That's a very interesting reference to make right now. All right, but at any rate, getting back to the beer that we're talking about here, this Stellar was was good, but it was a little bit hoppier than I was expecting. I don't think it was a bad thing. It just wasn't quite what I was going for. This feels like one that I would rather have in the summertime, though, than right now. Just personal preference. I feel like it was a little bit of a lighter IPA. It felt like it was a little bit thinner in the flavor, too. I didn't, I didn't really get I got some notes here and there, but just felt a little bit less attitude-y than so I usually So you expect, don't have any so. left, do you? No. So the only thing that I wanted to say I got a tiny is bit. it had all the hops and everything, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. It's light. It's crisp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything you're saying. But after you, like, swallow it, there's this weird silky and, like, creamy vibe or, like, yeah, residue. Yeah, I didn't pick up as much I don't as know did. what I get. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's mm-hmm. so strange. Mm-hmm. Well, we better get a creamy vibe from this one. Yes. And we are rocking the Founders Dude, Vanilla I'm Porter. Dude, I'm convinced. It's just the way I open a beer or something. Why, did yours go crazy again? Yeah. How the top? Mine's got stuff foaming on the top. You're too aggressive. Yours is nice and clean over you're there. You're a little too aggressive, sir. I have angry beers. You're an angry beer opener. Yeah, so. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like we should probably do this since we've had an IPA. We're going to do it out of the can to begin with. Yeah, so yeah. cheers, sir. So, again, Founders Vanilla Porter. Subtle coffee notes. Sweet vanilla aromas. Not subtle coffee notes. Hit me in the nose mm. as soon as I got it. Ooh, there's a vanilla. Yep. Vanilla's you know, on the back end nicely. Hmm, pleasant. I actually like this quite a bit. I still, I still like the original porter better, but this is 
Frosty because I'm not as much of a coffee fan, and the vanilla is a little on the sweet side. But yeah, but I figured mm. you would like this better because mm. the vanilla masks some of the coffee vibe. Yeah, but I think it's a little bit too sweet for me, as far as the the flavor goes. It's it's good. Not knocking it. We're gonna see. How, we're gonna let this. We're gonna let this breathe a bit. See how it opens up. I don't know. It's not bad. It's pretty solid. I mean, look, it's really founders good. I'm no. I'm, right now, I'm just trying to debate whether I like the porter better or this. Mm -hmm. The founders porter was like one of your favorites. My favorite readily available porters. Uh, but I think it probably is my number one right. readily available. There you go. As a matter of fact, the only porters I can think of that I like better than Founders Porters was the Publican Porter by Shorts, which you mm -hmm. only see that once every three years. Right, sure. Um, and then the Vietnamese Porter by uh, Perrin, the, mm. the No Rules, I think is what it was called. Right. That's, and again, that's, that's a, every couple of years. Every right? couple of years, mm -hmm. so. But <laughs> this hangs in there with the regular Porter. Yeah. I, I think I get all the vanilla up front mm -hmm. and I swallow and it's gone. So like right. I, I, I know you're saying it's a little too sweet, but I only get the sweet up front and then mm -hmm. it's like all the coffee, cocoa-like vibes afterwards. Yeah, we're going to see how this one uh, goes for the rest of the show. But uh, with that note, is there any other beer you want to talk about? I know you had some other ones from Shorts that you were drinking. Well, too. I've officially had the tried the whole variety pack right. and I know that I said the only new one was the Stellar Al. So, I mean, I Well, there was I the Good Humans Nitro. I, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could have ranked these without having done it, mm -hmm. but like I said, I think I'm glad that I waited to have them all because the Pangalactic Gargle Blaster, <laughs> uh, the flavor changed a little bit on it. Mm -hmm. So here's what I would say. There are six in there, right? Right. Superfluid destroyed every beer in right. that whole thing. Not your bias, but also yeah, for it, it absolutely destroyed it. Um, mm -hmm. My... Second favorite one, man, it's probably still the Pangalactic Gargle Blaster. Okay. But to me, surprisingly, the Stellar L was pretty close. Sure. So I'd probably put that at three. Um, four, I think I would probably go the Slurm. Mm -hmm. Five would probably be the Good Humans, and the sixth one has escaped my brain. <laughs> it what was that it? memorable. Wasn't it the the one with the, the guy with like the the thing on the stick? Is that the oh one? yeah yeah the curl curl yeah Thank the curl six yeah mm -hmm. so the and the was thing the about curl the bad or was it just not as no, aggressive no it's, I mean it's a pilsner mm -hmm. it's actually a really good it's a pilsner that drinks like an IPA that's oh, what it is right. it's got the bitter hoppy vibes in a pilsner so okay but it's a pilsner I mean it's just not my style of beer but the mm -hmm. good humans nitro was just because it I don't. It did like I, the nitros is interesting because I feel like I like them on tap a lot better. The mm. nitros have like that silky right. smooth yeah, texture and, stuff bubbles, to it. Yeah. and I think I was just getting used to that and like in it and it tastes better on tap and I didn't mm -hmm. notice it a ton in the can and it's probably more of a psychological mm -hmm. thing. It kind of let me down because the flavor was great on it. Sure. But I think what it is is just I like IPAs better than brown owls and Fair. in the past I probably would have put the good humans nitro above the slurm, but you and I both, for whatever reason, these New England-style IPAs and hazy IPAs are growing on us mm -hmm. a lot. So the Slurm I enjoyed a lot. Didn't know It's definitely not going to beat the Super Floater Pangalactic. And sure. I, dude, I like this Stellar Owl. All right. It's just because it's so different and weird. It's right. different than any other IPA I've had in a while. True. Agreed. I don't know if that's the American piece of it or not, but it worked, out. it worked out. All right. Well, we're going to work out the rest of this draft order. And I stopped here for a reason because New Orleans is up next, and it's my team, but it's your guys, so go ahead. 
Coop Dog. Dude, this is my, my guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to just go out and say, PFF beat us at something, Dan. Yeah. I looked at a mock that they had done, and they had Cooper going to Detroit later, and <laughs> they win. Yeah. Their draft is better than ours. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. Is that the only reason, or is it because of the first four picks as well? Yes, the first four picks as well. But I, you know what? Here's what I would say. I don't care. The Packers can have Drake May. The Bears can have Caleb Williams and Marvin Harris. I want Cooper, Gene, and Honolulu Blue. Okay. Well, again, you'd love to see that happen. I'd love to see that happen. But New Orleans decided they would rather grab him first. So... They grab Cooper DeGene, who, again, is your top corner. and uh, He's my top defensive player in this whole draft. Sure, and there's a lot of people who are coming around on him there, there too. And the thing you have to, I have to factor in, this dude can return kicks, too. So he's got a lot of versatility as a player, not just somebody who's going to sit back and shut down one side of the field. He is someone that we believe can transition to safety at some point if you need to as well. So he's going to be anywhere in that defensive backfield. You're going to be in good shape. Ooh, I might have just had a ground-breaking discovery. Uh-oh. Put in the glass, better idea. I poured it into that glass, uh-huh. and now all the vanilla is not just punching you up front. It's like mixed even throughout. I wonder if this is like one of those beers you're supposed to roll or, or you at know least I mean? you're supposed to have poured into a glass as opposed Maybe. to drink out of a can. Let's see what happens. We're doing the same thing. We'll come back to yeah, that. Yeah, it's way more balanced now okay. rather than just like layered. Well, you know, I like to you know make analogies. So a team that's not balanced, the New York Jets. <laughs> they're a little out of balance right now, and they need help in a couple different spots. Obviously, they're expecting Aaron Rodgers to come back, and, uh, you know, maybe you give him some help considering one of the reasons why he got hurt was because the guy couldn't block somebody. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to give them the next tackle slash lineman, depending on how you want to put it, on the board, and that is Graham Barton in our book right now at Duke. And one of the reasons why he's there as opposed to J.C. Latham and some of the other guys you could have put there is because Barton is a tackle that can also play guard and maybe even center. I mean, and people have been mocking him at pretty much every position along the line. And that right there shows me a team like the Jets that have a shuffle of their offensive line, it seems like, every couple of games. You can plug him in and you'll be in good shape. So he may not be quite as amazing at right tackle as Latham might be. He might not be quite as amazing, at but he is incredibly good across the board. He's a very solid player from what we've seen of him, and he's going to be able to put, them, put himself anywhere on that line for the Jets. So next pick for me here, Cincinnati. It's kind of funny because I got him taking a player who most think probably has no business going at 18. And who mm-hmm. knows? I'm not super high on him, but, yeah, yeah, in real life he might go. He might go top 10. He might go a lot higher. But I also think that, you know, while Kool-Aid McKinstry, some may say he has no business going 18, I'd also say that Cincinnati has no business picking 18 because they're just they <laughs> underperformed and they're getting it together. And they're going to yeah. be picking way later than this. Yep. So. This pick's just kind of ironic, but yeah. Well, they were picking nine last time, so. Yeah, it's starting to get back to where it's getting closer. But um, at the end of the day, though, if Cincinnati's on the board and Kool-Aid McKinstry's up there, uh, yes. Oh, which reminds me, quick pause. We were going to do that for every team, so real quick, we're going to run and catch up. Are we going to pick higher or lower? So let's start back at the top again. Uh, Obviously, Green Bay, that's the trade, so they're probably going to be picking you know, I don't know if they're going to be picking higher than five necessarily. They might get up in four or three depending I was on how say, it goes. I going to say they're going to pick much lower than one. <laughs> right, Can exactly. I do that? <laughs> yeah, sure. Chicago, I feel like two and three is still possible That's for them. probably about where it's going to be, I think. Now, Minnesota's not going to be at five necessarily, mm-hmm. but be, they yeah. might still – they could go out of the direction right now with what's going on with that team without Cousins. So I could still see them being like high teens maybe. Well, and I think they're going to shut – no, they're going to pick lower than the teens because I think they're going to shut Jefferson down. Oh, so higher than the teens, you mean. 
sure. Right, because really the higher number, lower right, numbers, right, lower number, higher, way. higher in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then New England at five, higher or lower? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm saying lower. Okay, so they're gonna be like seven or eight, maybe. Yep. Okay, and then uh, no, 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 no. I'm saying I got the I can't. I'm thinking lower numbers. <laughs> give me no. Give me a I number. think they could. They're gonna be in the be, top two or three. Four. It's tough because I think both Chicago. Well, no, because Carolina. Could be, I think they're gonna be picking in the top five. Okay. So. Sure. All right. So then Arizona, we still think is gonna be up towards the top, regardless. No, I don't know. I think Arizona. I would say. How do I say this? Lower in your terms? Right, so they're going to be like Kyler comes back, and like I think okay. they're going to put it together a little bit. get a couple bit. points, sure. Indianapolis, they kind of feel like a team that's still trying to win games. So at 7 right now, maybe they end up at 10. I think there's a better chance that they're at 10 than they are at 4. I would say so because I got the next two teams that yeah. would say we're picking much higher. Vegas and Denver are probably going to be higher. Yeah. Uh, the Rams uh, at ten right now. They're going to be picking. I feel like they're going to be lower than that. Yeah, Washington whew, could go either direction there. I'll say. I'm going to say they're going to pick about the same. No, because no. they just traded away their edge rushers. Yeah, sure, they did just trade away their. And edge they're already allowing a million sacks. I mean, yeah, they're going to be picking. Yeah, but higher, higher for for me and having Sam Howell on my fantasy team. And they're going to have to throw the ball more now. So I'm pretty happy about that. But, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, again, Arizona and their pick that they got from uh, Houston. I feel like Houston's kind of going to hang right around that spot. They seem like they've been competitive. They win some games. They're going to lose some games. But I think they're going to be right around that uh, upper teens spot, so to speak. Tampa? Lower. Okay. Chargers? Oof. Lower. Chargers are a mess, though. But, yeah, they're probably still going to win some more games. Uh, and Tennessee seems like they've figured themselves out of it. They might be a little bit lower, too. I realize we're saying a lot of teams are lower, so this obviously is not going to work lower. out. But, uh, New Orleans well, feels like they that. could be There's higher. There's some teams that, yeah, they're going to pick higher. The Jets. the Jets are going to pick higher. Yeah, probably a little bit. Cincinnati, we talked about, are ready to be way lower. So, okay, yep. now we've caught up. Falcons, much higher. Well, that's where we're at now. The Falcons <laughs> are the next team we're, we're talking about. There's a good chance with them moving over to Taylor Heineke that uh, they haven't waved the white flag in the season, but they're clearly trying to figure out what is going on with this team. So Atlanta being in a situation where we aren't sure, we're going to pick for them right now, but we're probably going to be picking higher for them in the future. And quarterback, dude. They clearly, Desmond Ritter has shown so far that he's not the answer for them. As much as we both kind of liked him a little bit, we didn't like him enough to make him an NFL starter. Uh, and obviously right now Atlanta's kind of having that issue. So they need to go quarterback. And we took Michael Penix Jr. for him there, for them there. And again, Penix has had an amazing season. He's put up huge numbers. He's clearly found, at least with Kellen DeBoer, that he can run an offense really well. It's just something about those two guys click. And the 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 arm strength is there, the deep ball is there, the accuracy is still pretty high. He's only had like one stinker game, I think, against Arizona State for whatever reason. And maybe they got a little overconfident coming in there. The only question is, can he stay healthy? And he is an older guy. So those are really the the pieces there. Yeah, but I think this might be my second favorite like fit mm -hmm. with a team that we've made so far next to Dunsey, which are funny because they're teammates. Right. Um, earlier to Tennessee because also you love Washington. They've apparently. already got all the pieces for him to just go in and have tons of fun on this right. offense. Where they got a receiving dual threat back and Bijan, mm -hmm. and you've you've got a freak tight end Pitts who hasn't been used properly. Right. You got Drake London, a big body wide. Drake London's kind of just like a doomsie. Sure. So like I feel like he could go in here, not miss a beat, mm -hmm. and have tons of fun. And this team like like the pieces are there. They're not going anywhere. Right. Like they're they're ready to compete, especially in a south where mm -hmm. it's kind of open. 
I mean, well, and this the, is good. The I interesting like thing, so I'm good with them too, but there's another guy that we didn't talk about in this first round that I think has potential to be there and might be there as we go forward, and that's Jaden Daniels with LSU because he isn't quite as prolific of a passer as uh, Michael Penix, but he's definitely a guy who can move it with his legs and has shown some pretty solid ability to throw the ball. His team has just stumbled a bit on defense, and so he hasn't got as much love as Penix has this year. So I could definitely see Daniels being a fit in Atlanta and some other places too, but I understand where you come from, why you like him there. And uh, Atlanta, we already talked about, they're going to be moving up, so Penix should be on the board when they're picking at 13 instead of 19 later on. You would think. 20th, the New York Giants after the trade they made with Minnesota. What are your what are your G men doing? Oh, I didn't know if they were. Yeah, uh, they're pretty excited here, and I think this is another. Like, I don't like it. As, it's a good fit in a way. My burp might have just shown up on the show. Sorry, everybody. Continue. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's another good fit. I don't love it like I love the two Washington Hus Husky prospects fits right. there, but it's more of along the lines. I think it's a fit just because they've got to give. A bigger-bodied wide receiver to Jones to figure out or to mask their massive mistake of paying this guy. Well, and also the the fact that they don't want to have a wide receiver above six foot, apparently. Yep. So I gave I didn't even say who they took. I gave him Keon Coleman. People, yep. sorry, I was getting too wrapped up in <laughs> how bad of a decision it was to pay Daniel Jones. But, yeah. Um, it is what it is. They need to get a bigger body wide receiver. That's definitely a guy who can go out there and attack the football, and make mm -hmm. some big plays. He's definitely taller than six foot. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's it a great fit. We, yeah. Keon Coleman might not last to 20 in no, the, probably not. the actual draft. And, again, that's part of the fun. Is well, we say that, but wide receivers are so deep, and outside yeah. of wide receiver one, mm -hmm. you can make a case for wide receiver two from about six to, different people. Right, exactly, which is which makes it fun, and that's why we like to project this kind of stuff. And, again, you and I tend to like to build more through the trenches, and why are we? Why do we give a team a skill position? No, they've been building through the trenches. They, it's just not. It's still a trench. <laughs> it's definitely. It's, it's a gaping hole is the problem, right? Not a trench. Pittsburgh's up next. Pittsburgh, I, this is a pick that I actually like a lot as well. I, apparently, I like a lot of the fits later on than the mm -hmm. ones that I feel like you're forcing <laughs> earlier, I guess. But uh, I've often dog on their offensive line, and this is an offensive lineman that I just talked about starting to grow on me, uh, J.C. Latham. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a great fit. Um, well, again, he seems more him, of like a – hand technician with you will mm -hmm. along with a guy who is more of the athletic tackle and brojo last year mm -hmm. so you got two guys with some different styles here and it might i don't know and your plan is brojo left and latham right uh, that's what i would do absolutely yeah. sure and it's especially latham on the right that i mean mm -hmm. i'd be i'd be perfectly fine with and him you're not going quarterback here I mean, we already had a bunch of them go, but... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Sheesh, don't tempt me. Well, because, again, let's be honest. When you look at Kenny Pickett coming out as a prospect versus anybody who's at, even at the seven spot, six, seven spot with the quarterbacks. Oh, dude, there's quarterbacks available. I'd, I'd take Quinn Ewers over Kenny Pickett. Well, sure, and yeah. He, he's not even playing football. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's some people debating whether or not Kenny Pickett's playing football. Don't worry. Fair. Uh, Houston's up next. Uh, well, sorry, Pittsburgh, higher or lower? Where are they going to go from here? Are they going to move up or move down the board? They're going to... Up. Yeah. They're be picking earlier. Yeah. Can we do earlier and later? Dude, I'm having so much fun with this up and down. I can't okay. make earlier, this make sense earlier. in my mind. Sounds good. Earlier or later. So Houston's up next. Uh, they have got some choices that they can make. Wait, you didn't say what they're going to be picking. What, Pittsburgh? Yeah. No, I was agreeing with you. Oh, okay. I mean, but again, I still, f I, this is, is this the year that Mike Tomlin doesn't go over 500? I don't want to bet against that. 
So we'll see. It's got to happen eventually. One of these days, right? But the man still finds ways to get job done. Houston, uh, they, again, could use some help in a couple different spots. But one of the areas, looking at the board, looking at who's still left, that they really do need help on is the interior of the defensive line. They picked up Will Anderson last year, and so they need to give him some help like next to him. And that guy's Leonard Taylor, who at one point you had as two, then one. Now he's probably two, maybe three, depending on where people are at with that. Like him at two right now. Uh, as a, another one of those penetrating defensive tackles. And that's kind of in vogue right now for the NFL is you're looking for the slightly small, I say slightly, like 300 pounds instead of 320 or 330 pounds, 300-pound <laughs> uh, guys that can come in and move a little bit. And Leonard Taylor is one of those guys, and you've done a deep dive on him. So anybody wanna, wants to know a little more about why we like him, go back and uh, listen to those bits. But that Miami guy will slot right in there at Houston, and uh, he and Will Anderson will cause some havoc on that side of the line. San Francisco, oh, sorry, and Houston, Again, we, we talked about earlier because they've got the uh, – with where they're picking, there's a good chance that – They're going to be picking earlier. They're going to be picking earlier, but maybe not crazy earlier, but earlier. All right. Seeing Fran here, who's definitely going to be picking later. Uh, I w you know, th this is a very, very good team on paper, so you could go almost any direction here and just you, – you can't really argue with it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But – I. I understand that, you know, McCaffrey's been having tons of production and success there and whatnot, mm -hmm. but when I look at the team, I just get the feeling that the, the weak link on this team is the O-line. Sure. Uh, Trent Williams is great, you know, when he's in there. He's obviously getting older, mm -hmm. but um, there's not a lot of – I don't see any top-end talent there or anything for the future. Mm -hmm. I feel like they need to at least retool it or start building some depth or something. Colton McKivitz doesn't get you all warm and fuzzy. Nope, he does not. So I'm going to go with a guy who is kind of rising on my personal board here, and Patrick Paul. Yeah. Uh, tackle, bigger tackle from Houston. I've been a fan I, of I like him. him. Yep. I, uh, he's growing on me. And why not? San mm -hmm. Fran, like I say, I mean, it's there's not a lot of. Well, and the know, nice thing when you've got what you have right now is you can put him in there at right tackle, not uh -huh. expecting him to be the blind side right away. All yeah. Right. I, I think it's great. Like I say, you, I'm not going to you know, pound it home like this is what they got to do or this is what they will do because mm -hmm. they could do damn near anything. Well, the fun thing, because I think San Francisco is going to be picking lower mm -hmm. by the time everything rolls around. They're going to probably be in the late 20s, not the early 20s. And the nice thing for them, Patrick Paul might still be sitting there <laughs> when yep. they pick later could 20s. Be. So a good chance. And also, by the way, that Houston pick is from Cleveland, so I still think there's a good chance that they're picking higher because I don't think know if Cleveland can hang on with this Deshaun Watson not wanting to play thing or whatever they're dealing yeah. with there. Uh, but that just to, to make sure we're clear Their on that point. defense is damn good, though. It is very good. I mean, hey, the reason why San Francisco started the losing streak against them. All right, picking next to 24, Buffalo. And you know what Buffalo needs? Well, I mean, Buffalo needs it, but Stefan Diggs really needs it. He needs somebody else, man. He needs a buddy that takes a little bit of pressure off of him. And there's a guy that I wanted to put here, but I thought he was basically a mirror of Stephon Diggs, and I didn't want to give him two of the same player. So went with your boy Troy Franklin from Oregon, who you are absolutely a huge fan of. I, yeah, and absolutely. Because Stephon Diggs is like six foot 200 pounds. Troy Franklin's 6'3". Now he's 187, but I feel like they can get him up to closer to 200 if they, they put him in the weight room a little bit. 
and shouldn't sap too much of to? speed. I don't I know. I feel like the, the NFL is kind of proven some thinner wide receivers can do just fine. Well, and again, you can't touch them anyway, so it helps. But uh, Troy Franklin, you've been, again, been huge on him, and mm-hmm. you've done a deep dive on him. But the, the He's guy just has, the playmaker. Exactly. He's ta- he takes the top off this offense, man. And that's something that, I mean, Diggs can do it to an extent, too. But if you've mm-hmm. got two guys that are a threat to go deep at any point in time with a guy like Josh Allen that can throw the ball 70 yards with a flick of his wrist, mm-hmm. that's, that's going to make this offense have a different dimension than yeah, it has this, right now. This would be another one where I love the fit. Yeah, and again, Buffalo taking a wide receiver seems like the right choice for them, however it ends up. That being said, there's a good chance they end up later in the first round. Yes, they But Franklin later. will still be there, potentially, depending on how people Probably. grade these guys out. So both honest, these last we're, we're two. higher on Franklin than right. the rest of the world. Both these last two picks could happen otherwise. Seattle's picking 25. Talking about another guy we're higher on Oof, than the rest of the world. We, you and I are, are... This is the guy I want the Lions yeah. to get in real life, unless PFF is right and, and a different look, Cooper is available. You basically want Cooper. Your, your sign at the draft is going to be, give me Cooper. <laughs> yep, somebody named Cooper. Exactly. And Cooper Beebe is the Cooper we're talking about here. He is our highest-rated interior offensive lineman. And, again, he's a guard. He's not necessarily going to play center for you. I'm sure he could. He's probably that good. Uh, but he's played. Dude, I think. I he's mean, played some tackle, too. If you don't do tackle and interior, I think Cooper Beebe is still, at the very least, my fourth well, He's certainly your favorite. I mean, I'm not going to say, like, as far as, like, talent level, but he's probably your favorite guy out of all of them. Largely because I think we like the dude. Him and Fuaga. You do love Fuaga. Okay, so it's toss-up between those two. But at any rate, Cooper Beebe going to Seattle because that is one area on their offensive line they could probably shore up a bit is the the guard. Plus, Seattle's a pretty solid team. They are sitting at 25 right now. I could see them staying right around 25 or maybe being, like, later 20s depending on how things go This is probably one of the hardest ones so far, whether they're picking mm-hmm. earlier or later, because I right. feel like this is like well, where they're, they're going the division, to pick. Yeah. Leading the division right now, but I think we expect San Francisco to take that back from them. But again, playoff time, the Seattle team is very solid across the board. Uh, Cooper Beebe's only going to make it more solid. So I'm going to say they're going to be picking earlier. Okay. I'm going to slide down a few. But when you say earlier, you're still not thinking outside of the, the, the 20s. They're probably still going to be picking mm-hmm. in that range. They're not going to be too far off from where they are right now. Dallas is up next, and they're ecstatic. Dallas is pretty stoked as well, just like Stephon Diggs needing a partner in crime. Dallas, I mean, Dallas needs to give C.D. Lamb a partner mm-hmm. in crime. They've tried. They've tried. Yeah, and Brennan Cooks has done but, admirably. Uh, you know, I, at this point, I don't think it matters about whether the styles match up or they're the same mm-hmm. or size or anything. At this point... When CD needs a partner in crime and League Neighbors is still on the board. Yeah, that's an oops. Dallas is just saying, okay. <laughs> he, he won't be there. No, almost not. guarantee he won't so, be there. So, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty easy one. League mm-hmm. Neighbors right there. And, again, Holly this is a guy. Talk about getting rid of any excuses for Dak to get oh, over the hump and, mm-hmm. you know, make this thing happen. C.D. Lamb mm-hmm. and Malik Neighbors. And you got Paul Whoa. out of the backfield, and you got Deuce Vaughn doing his little guy thing. Like, there's uh, too many weapons for, for and Dax. And Ferguson's to, getting better right. and better every day. Point is, you can't see multiple interceptions in a game from Dak going forward. No. And so we'll see what happens. I'm telling you, man, they shouldn't have gotten Trey Lance. They should have just give it to Cooper Rush. Go on a Coop Rush. Cooper, the name right? Cooper. The name Cooper is what's doing it, right? So, all right. Yeah, and there's a Cooper, that, you know, there's a linebacker we got to talk about right. soon from Texas A&M, too. And so, Dallas, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about him later. He's not making the first round. Dallas is picking at 26 right now. Are they going to stay there higher or lower? Or, sorry, earlier or later? <laughs> later. Oh, all right. So, you think they're going to hang on and be, uh, you know, at least a divisional round? Okay. Like, I, I, I personally think they're – the third or fourth best team in okay. the NFC. All right. Well, Jacksonville's up next. 
they're probably picking about where they're going to pick, roughly, ish. I think late twenties. Oh, they're going to be picking later. Okay, all right. Remember, remember, I was joking about oh, right. Super, yeah, Super, Super Bowl, Bowl being Detroit, Jacksonville and Detroit. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it, man. Let's go. <laughs> I want it. All right. Well, for right now, the Jags are picking at 27. But so no, I would I would say the Jags are going to be picking earlier. To be honest, though, okay. because the Chargers and the, and the Bengals are are better. Oh, okay. You know, I'm starting to think they're not. LA fans I really are happy like. To hear that. I really like everything the Jaguars have going on, right. except for one part, which I'll get to. Oh, okay. Oh, we're on them right now. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I don't like their. I don't like their DBs a ton. Okay. I've been saying it for two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nate Wiggins, perfect. Mm-hmm. Like you say, there's a world where he could be CB one, and they're sure. getting him way down here at pick twenty-seven or something like that. Right. Let's go. That's mm-hmm. easy. That's a slam dunk one. It's not even a fun one. I, 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 I would <laughs> hope that any Jaguars fan sitting here listening to this podcast, when they were wondering what I was going to say, they're sitting there going, dude, Wiggins is still there. Right. I would hope. Yeah, and again, he's a guy that, like I, I said, uh, when I first was tempting just to keep him in, right. but at the end of the day, the only reason it's tempting is because I noticed that Javon Walker does spend some decent amount of time playing on the inside, so there's mm. a world where – you could move him on the inside and have Verse and Allen on the outside, but and keep Verse at home. But at the same time, like you really want to, you know, yeah, dis- yeah, you need you, you took Trevon Walker number one. You really just want to seal the deal and say you took a D tackle number one overall. Oof. Oof. Yeah, well, I don't think they're gonna do that. Nate Wiggins. It's not just that. Yeah, it's the fact that Jacksonville definitely needs help at corner. You okay over there? No, a little, little burpee. Right. Drinking a beer. That happens right now. I'm trying to. It's a fun part about doing live. Look, we could cut this stuff out. We could edit it. We're not uh, going to. No. We're drinking beer. We are having a vanilla porter. Cheers, sir. Because you know who, you know why I'm doing this toast right now is because Baltimore's on the board and they're pretty stoked that you didn't give Jared Verse to yeah. Jacksonville because they need help at the edge. And Jared Verse is a guy that we said was going to be a top ten pick coming into the season, and now he's played like a fourth rounder. So we're splitting the difference and putting him at the end of the first. But yet, it somehow it feels like a good fit. Oh, it's a great fit. He strikes me as a Baltimore kind of guy just because of when he is on, he has that kind of you know just mentality of a guy who's mm-hmm. going to get after the quarterback. He's and again, he got a little hurt in the last game too. He's one of the more complete edge rushers from what we saw last year. He just hasn't done it much this year. I don't know if it's because again, anytime a guy doesn't produce, is is he hurt? Is he resting on what he thought he had last year, is he protecting himself so he doesn't get hurt for the NFL draft? There's all kinds of questions, conspiracy theories you can come up with. Point is, Jared versus is still a first-round talent. Baltimore scoops him up there at 28, and they're probably picking a little bit earlier, I would think, because I just don't know that they're consistent enough to be one of the last like four teams standing when it comes to the, the way the playoffs are going to shake down. The only reason I think they're getting earlier is because I think they're definitely – well. I think, I think the Bengals are a better team, and they're in sure. the same division, so that's part of the reason. Mm-hmm. But it's like a lot of the teams in the AFC – well, the AFC is just tough, so right. anything could happen. But there's a lot of the teams that are underperforming in my mm-hmm. Well, here's what I can tell you. Um, Baltimore they're good. is at one pick in front of the Detroit Lions right now. <clears throat> yeah. Is Detroit picking higher or lower? Or earlier or later than, what, 29 right now? <laughs> That's a, well, no, I mean, I'm Look, pausing and Are they in the Super Bowl or do they not make the NFC Championship game is what I'm asking you right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, every bone in my body says they're picking 
earlier, mm-hmm. like based on how you know, I didn't based on being a Lions fan for your whole life. I I, I don't think <laughs> they're overachieving per se, right? But I also didn't expect them to develop as much as they have mm-hmm. and be as competitive. Like they they've been competitive for enough games in a row and played tough enough teams to where I know this is real. Right. Yeah. Baltimore like, is legitimately right now. real. Right. And so I mean. When you're looking at the NFC and how weak it is, the only teams that you would say are better are what, the Niners and the Eagles. Right. And they and then, both look vulnerable lately. Right. So, I mean, I'm sorry. They're outside of those two teams. I'm not scared to play Dallas. And I said they're one of the third. Dallas well, and I was going to say, the, the, I was actually about to ask you if you'd be scared of playing Dallas. No. Not because of the team, but because of the horrors that Detroit has had in the playoffs against Dallas. <laughs> Well, maybe Ex- exercise some of the, the, the picking up the flag with yeah. Pettigrew. Oh exercise the referee demons there, maybe. But all right, so the Lions are sitting there at twenty nine so, right now. So I, I still didn't truly answer it. I don't okay. know. Yeah, it's kind of one of the ones where they. I'm going to say earlier, just because I want to be wrong. Just a little bit earlier, right? I think maybe like twenty seven or something like that. So at twenty nine, though, uh, we weren't sure what to do because there were players. We would have taken Wiggins if he was sitting there. We'd have taken Verse if he was sitting there. So basically, Detroit's super annoyed about the two guys who went in front of them. But at the end of the day, it's got to be corner or maybe edge rusher. You know, we're kind of the two we're looking at. Well, you say that, but, like, I mean, you and I were talking off here. I, depending on what's there, I mean, I think that guard is a sneaky need for them. Mm-hmm. And if they're not, you know, head over heels at any of these defensive prospects, why not? Well, and again, like we talked about Detroit's, uh, again, not like when we the show. Beebe, be great. Right, exactly. Detroit's, both of their guards right now aren't under contract next year. And so that is something to consider when you're trying to figure out what you're going to do and how you're going to you know, piece things out. But, again, if Cooper B is not there, I don't think we feel quite good enough about any other guards mm-hmm. to take at this point in no. the draft, not when you could probably get we, him in the second round. We shot for the, the moon here and went with a guy who, going into the season, we were we had I, I had him as edge rusher one. Sure. Go, no, I had him well, as two. two, yeah. Because I had verse at one. The two guys that are in the back yeah, of the first the t- round. Now. Yeah, going back to back here. Yeah. Uh, Braylon Trice. Well, let's get to it. We've been dancing. You and your husky it. love. Yeah, but th- I'm still just not excited about. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know what else to do here. Sure. Well, because again, like I said, those are the you two biggest areas. A, are you going to make a case for Newton or Lasseter or uh, safety? Could, take one t- safety one off the board. I mean, that's. But again, I don't know that that's. I really think lockdown corner. Newbin could have been a possibility. Right. Lockdown corner or extra edge, extra or second edge rusher after Hutch is really what they need right now. And Braylon Trice, and I think if Trice is the second guy, that's really the best spot for him. Like, I feel like Verse can be a one. I feel like Turner could probably be a one. I feel like Latu could be a one. But Trice strikes me better as being the second pass rusher on a team. He definitely seems like he'd be better as edge rusher, too. But I also, just the way he's playing, I just don't know that he's even worth taking the first round. <laughs> so, yeah, he's another one of those guys that the production hasn't been there, but the like, potential is. Like, this needs to be Max Crosby. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if we had the choice in Detroit, you, you trade a first and a third and something else for Max Crosby, right? Mm-hmm. And go from there. But that's not what we're doing today. They take Braylon Trice. Let's move on. Miami's picking at 30. Do you think they're going to be higher or lower? Earlier or later? Man, this is... Because now we're basically... Are you in the I'm, Super Bowl I'm or only going to say <laughs> earlier because this team's just... I mean, Tua can go down at any moment. <laughs> so I'm just going to say earlier, but I'm here to tell mm-hmm. you if Tua stays healthy, they could win the freaking Super Bowl too. Right. 
well, that offense has been a ton of fun to watch. So, uh, they've been we, struggling a little bit. Though. Right. We don't. We don't think they need help on offense with who's there. Mm-mm. We're probably going defense here. Yep. And we're going to go with where the owner went to school. There you go. He which, did, right? Which, yeah. yeah. Which well, he at least spent a lot of money there. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, Which Michigan player are you grabbing for him? I'm going to go with Chris Jenkins. I'm sure. going to go on the interior line, and it just seems like a lot of fun to watch Jenkins and, and my guy, mm-hmm. Christian. Right oh, in the, the two of them. Well, oh, and again, geez. Jenkins would be ecstatic to be playing next to a guy like Wilkins because that's yeah. going to open up a lot of opportunities for him. And again, yeah, just, that's a, it's just a lot of fun. Like, mm-hmm. I can't imagine. Like, with as potent as that offense is, if you can get the trenches on the defense. Like, Create some pressure opportunities. Yeah, yeah. It's a really mm-hmm. good fit. This is probably – is this your fourth favorite? <laughs> no, it might be Top my five. third favorite. Right. The two Husky fits, Washington mm-hmm. Huskies with Penix and Adunzi in this one. Mm-hmm. I, I like it a lot. Sure. Yeah, and it is a good spot. Uh, now we're to the last two teams, so we're going to say they're either going to be in the Super Bowl or they're going to be picking a little bit lower, or a little bit higher, rather, and it's Kansas City I think Kansas City's going to be picking earlier. I do think Kansas City is as well, partially because of the pick I have them making. I've got Kansas City. I think City. Philly's going to be picking it obviously can't be later. Right about the same spot. Though. But I think they're going to pick it up. Yeah, there's a good chance. But at any rate, Kansas City, I've got them taking a tackle. I've got them taking Jordan Morgan from well, Arizona. I think, I think the AFC is winning the Super Bowl. So they're earlier. They're going to mm-hmm. be picking okay. 31. 31, sure. I don't know. Hey, you never know when it comes down to that. But point being, the last two teams, uh, it's still the same last two teams right now. Kansas City and Philadelphia are still the projected Super Bowl teams based off records, whatever, according to Tankathon. But Kansas City takes Jordan Morgan from Arizona because they need help at tackle. They kind of experimented with Why? They don't get flagged. Right? (laughs) Sorry, I'm still uh, over it. Oh, okay. All I know is if uh, if Morgan can go there and not get flagged, he'd he'd be happy about that too. But he's an athletic tackle. They need tackle help. They just do. I'm sorry. The guys that they brought in, they tried a couple different things with with some veterans, uh, and re- basically remade their their tackle positions over the course of the offseason. It hasn't panned out. It hasn't turned into a huge problem for them. Obviously, because you've got you know, the offensive weapons, you do. You've got a magician back there in Pat Mahomes who wants to play flag football in the the Olympics, right? Uh, doing wizardry things for you and saving your bacon. But they need help at tackle. Jordan Morgan would provide that. And then Philadelphia, last pick. I'm going to let you talk about the guy that I picked for them, though. Safety, Tyler Newbin. Because you've Gosh. talked about it a couple times already. Yeah, I, it's so strange because, like, he, he wasn't a guy that I liked a ton early in the season. Mm-hmm. But it seems like every week this guy's just looking better and better to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy who can create some turnovers. But, man, I, just, I like the way he tackles. Mm-hmm. He plays with good – he's more of your strong safety type mold who can right. still get in there and, you know, create the turnovers. Mm-hmm. But – it's just it's a luxury pick and it's a great pick. Imagine, imagine being the team who, in this scenario, in theory, won the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and just being able to take the top safety off the board, which right. matches one of your need, biggest needs. Yeah, and like again, they did a, trade. Yeah, they traded for Kevin Byard, so that's obviously what some people are saying. Why are you drafting this guy when you grabbed Sidney Brown as well? It's like, well, because you can never have too much help in the back in the defensive backfield. I mean, Bradley Roby's hurt; they're not sure what's happening there between him, uh, Sidney Brown, Keely Ringo, Eli Ricks. They've got a lot of young guys in there. But they've also got some guys that may or may not stay with them or stay healthy. I mean, Darius Slay could be gone. Then you're shifting guys around from there. So it seemed like the defensive backfield was the way to go for Philly. And with who was sitting there, see, I, I like uh, Newbin over Newton, if you will. I'd rather go safety one than corner three or four or whatever, you know, with the way that this board's playing out and what the teams need. So that's Philadelphia wrapping things up. Probably going to be picking 31 to 32. So somebody like Newbin will likely be sitting there for them. 
at this point. So, final thoughts on this mock before we move on into things that are actually going to happen I've already next time. said it. It's my least favorite mock. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens next time. Maybe we'll be able to mess with you in the same way, but uh, we'll come back again in a few weeks with that. But next week, back to basics, if you will. We're going to talk about the uh, the obviously college world and where things are heading there. Hopefully Michigan hasn't had a suspended coach yet. We'll see what happens there. But then next week for the NFL, I'm pretty confident we're going to be talking about the rookies of the year, if you will, the best rookie on each team so far. Oh, yeah. And what things have been going on for That's the season. That's going to be a fun episode. It's going to have a lot of fun with that. We'll catch you guys next time. Okay.